half knowing, half learning. What does it mean to explore the space between? I'm Jason E.C. Wright, and this is Half Calf, where I catch up and converse with friends and creatives in transition. Today I catch up with John Engel and Nick Clark as they explore the spirit of their startup. There's power in that, and I wanted to uh, touch on that point, like with having conversations, how powerful is it wearing something that you're comfortable in so that your true self just yeah. shows it, up? It's everything. I mean, think about, and not to bring it back to like the conversation before, but like like the one time that you've approached a girl at the bar, and that, that turns into like a maybe like a three-year relationship or something. Just being confident enough to approach someone even if it's not a romantic relationship, like how many guys now since we started this company, it just starts from a little compliment of the close, and now we have these business relationships with them, whether or not they're in the company, whether it's anything, whether they're business acquaintances, whether they're friends, whether we see them at the next party, but like you aren't, if you have something that you want to put out there, you aren't going to stand in the corner and feel, you know, a certain way about it. It's just feeling comfortable enough and uh, cool enough to just approach someone and that relationship goes from there. You know, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't talk to him. But next thing you know, you know, you could have a, a business acquaintance for life mm-hmm. or a friend for life. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think there's there's something to that idea of being comfortable in your thing or uh, knowing when you're wearing something you feel fly in or you just yeah. have that extra confidence. That allowing that allowness to have other people see you, that you can stand a little bit more like less fidgety. That's such crazy power. That confidence to be able to help people do, and this idea that like. This, all the clothes we're wearing right now are is like our public skin. And to be able to help either give people the, the right tools to, to be able to perfect their public skin or to be able to like, hey, this is what I want people to see me or when, when I wear this, I feel yeah. calm and cool. I feel like this is me. And to be able to help people get to that point and make it uh, an easier way to do it, I think like that's a, a cool world to sort of see um, evolve. You know what I mean? Well, it's interesting because it almost becomes... Um like the service of confidence building, right? Uh, 100%. Through, yeah. through access, right? But that's a very real thing. It's the reason why people, you know, wake up and watch Gary Vee videos in the morning or read self-help books or, um, you know, follow men's style blogs and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot to be said about being worldly and aware, but there's also something about, like, like, hey, you know, if you're a man, you're a man, and you're a man in America. Now, there are different tiers of how that works for economically, socioeconomically, like, you know, race-wise, whatever the case may be, but the bottom line is, it's like, there's still a perception of, like, societally in American society of, like, you're supposed to be able to be dependable, responsible, some form of breadwinner so that you're not worthless. Like, your value is tied to looking the part and then being able to back it up. You know, like walk your talk, right? But also, there are a lot of people that will find that they are um, lacking in uh, the confidence to show what they naturally already are good at because it's the whole, you know, you already are everything you're trying to be. So you put somebody that is not used to feeling externally the way that they feel that they are internally, having that part of it is one part of the social responsibility, but then 
doing it in a way that doesn't cause them to impact their personal economy or impact the environment by buying more clothes that they're just going to take and dispose out of, like, that's a big deal. And especially with the knowledge of um, the microfibers that, you know, when you wash them, it's getting into the fish and our food and stuff like that. Or being aware of how many clothes go to a landfill as opposed to, you know, going to, um, you know, places in need that need these particular things. Like, you're, you have places like, you know, Apollos and Tom's that are really socially aware. There's other brands that are like that, but the environmental impact of everything is something that I know that you talked about is like really like it's crazy a big deal to you like that's part of your impetus yeah for I, this. it's like that's what the one is the efficiency like when I see stuff inefficiently used that, that somehow just gets to me but the other is this idea like I just have this crazy weird like love for the like rock that we're on like I, I just have a I, I get really weird on my own hikes I just feel this connection and to think that like how much we are messing with it and how much we don't in our daily lives and I'm gonna raise my own hand like where I can just throw stuff away it's like wait a minute no I have, I have more responsibility and like we have a sense of stewardship since we're so evolved as a species and like to be just so egregiously wasting I mean yeah I mean, but it's interesting, like, things like that, like, having standpoints where there are people that, like, I mean, granted, whether you're Pam Hamper or you actually are in need, whatever, however you feel about someone being homeless, that displaced person could use the clothing that someone's going to throw away, right? Exactly. So, like, that's a real-life example of, like, hey, there are people that could be using this that you're, that you're just, like, casting away, throwing away, not doing anything with, and you see it in the food industry where, like, because people are afraid of being sued, they won't do the things that will like keep the food at a certain temperature so that they can give it back. Or like there are companies that are like, oh, employees can't give away, you know, unsold clothing that's irregular because it's stealing or whatever the case may be. Like no one programs that in because there's not enough importance on the social level. We don't celebrate the people that do socially responsible stuff right. unless it's sexy. Well, and yeah. it's also, this is the thing is it doesn't have to be socially responsible. It's simply a matter of like stop being wasteful because the, the here's we in the food situation is it's a we're because of insurance and that legality scare it makes you go oh this food that logically could just be eaten in the next couple hours and if we just gave it to somebody it's totally fine but because we've placed so many weird rules on it it becomes like you can't do it but the logical efficient way to be like oh this food can still be eaten there's people that need it just get it from x you know a to b and it's like it can be done then with the clothes is we're not if seeing that there's so much extra clothes that even third world countries homeless people it's not a matter of not having clothes there's it's it's decimating like local textile economies there it's causing backups of like fumes and stuff like that where all this stuff is being housed in these warehouses in, in third world countries and then this is the, the one stat, I, I, it literally blows my mind, is that it was 2014, it was the first year the global apparel industry crossed 100 billion pieces of clothing made. And then that the astonishing, f, f fucked up thing about it is that within, that over 60%, so over 60 billion pieces of clothing, then are either incinerated or in a landfill within the first year of being made. That's how the much... first year? First year, and that was in 2014, so I don't know what the, like, global textile creation numbers are this, like, this year, but if it's in 2014, that's three to four years ago, that's insane. Like, that's how much resource, like, cotton, water, carbon, people's actual mental, like, their lives, the energies that they're putting yeah. in there, it's, it's just getting thrown so in the crazy. Yeah. So, like, with all that to be said, even if we only have, like... 
50 people using it or it's only a thousand people using it just being something that's inherently more sustainable that's like look this exists it's still good we're not talking about ratchety ass goodwill clothes we're talking about like Givenchy pair of shoes that are chilling in there for the last seven months let somebody else wear it someone else is gonna maybe get We'll go back to the like guy who doesn't really care about fashion maybe is like let him get laid or let someone get a job let somebody like give that suit away to maybe make someone else's life better instead of being like selfish about your stuff yeah you know we provide the safety we provide like a sort of like profiling to make sure everyone's of a, a character and a, a certain level of like decorum then look at it like this should let somebody else benefit you know what i mean but also becomes like we're talking about with you know the uber or the airbnb example showing people another reference point like oh cool like there's room for for this business model to expand right like other people could take this for like oh so it's like apparel but it's for you know shoelaces or it's oh, for yeah. you know unused mushrooms or whatever the case may be. <laughs> I mean, like but you, you see what i'm saying like yeah. <laughs> it's creating a new canon like if you think about um xerox xerox was a company but they were so ubiquitously successful oh, yeah. in the 80s that Xerox became a verb. It's like, I'm going to Xerox something, or I'm going to FedEx something, or give me a Coke, which is any carbonated beverage. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's about brand power, but your brand has to be backed with a belief system or something that people can associate or attach to that makes them want It's the Simon Sinek, you know, start with why, right? Yeah. And so... When you have that, like, Nick, I know you're really, like, passionate about that part of it because, like, you've seen it. And for people that have seen it, it's, it's, it's something you can't unsee. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, but the other thing is, is that when you're starting something, you have the hope that it does a certain thing, and then it does that, and then more. Are you prepared for shouldering? or accepting that success. Like, are you ready for that windfall? Like, for example, you're a startup, you're a tech startup. Do you have things in line where you're prepared for that $100 million check to come in? And do you know where every penny of that is gonna be accounted to or what you wanna do? Like, day-to-day operationally-wise and having that infrastructure, how important is it to know that you have the answer to those questions? Should it should it happen? I know, John, you deal with a lot of the day-to-day stuff, too, with that. Like, how does that play into how you plan out your rollouts, your communication of stuff, your back-end? Like, how does that play into it? Well, you gotta, I mean, you gotta break down everything goal-wise, and uh, as much as 100 million may be premature, we're, we're counting on it at some point. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's we need to be prepared that if it's a hundred thousand, we'll say, which is completely reasonable in the next several months when we do a, a that's, fundraise. That's actually one of the, one of the goals. Yeah, and Q, it's like Q two, hundred k. It's you need to be able to spell out what every every one of those one hundred thousand dollars is going to go to. Yeah. And someone's like, hey, we give you this money. What are you going to do with it? And also, how is that going to give me my money yeah. back? And yeah, exactly. And it's like that's going to take me to X Y to this next step. And that's going to maybe to the next race. But, yeah, you, you have to be prepared to do all of it. Like, we're going to need to get uh, a full-time CTO with it. We're going to need to allocate uh, 25% of this 100000 to a, a robust referral campaign. Yeah, yeah it's... it's yeah. you got to be prepared with those answers. It's and just... It's proper, it's a learning learning experience, but you got to be prepared. And that's part of the, the, the... Part of the, the game or part of the... The, the, the sort of like rules that are thrown at you is this like you got to do a lot of it ad hoc you have to be willing to not know and keep pushing the, the, the 
the sort of valley guys are always about like you know ship it break it you know what I mean like you have to be willing to accept the failures that come along with it yeah. you aren't going to know everything you can't wait for perfection so understanding that sort of balance you have to kind of go through and learn like yeah we get a deluge of like interest or we get like people on the app or all this stuff's happening it's like have you put yourself in a position to be able to take that have the flexibility to take the hit whether that's having you know cloud computing so that if you do get 10,000 in the day you're not down on your, your system that doesn't crash yeah, or whatever exactly. yeah, yeah. but then even though like you said going the next step of like okay as you're doing this do you have the analytics in place to be able to know what's working what's not working yeah and then by that knowing what's converting and, and how that pertain to like profitability or even cash flow like knowing what's going out what's coming in what are you spending on what are you making and when yeah. it comes in where does it get allocated to how do you reinvest all that yeah. but it goes back to the there's no luck it's just opportunity meeting preparation yeah. and the more prepared that you are for a thing the better you're going to be it's interesting mm-hmm. there's something i was reading earlier um it was just talking about um the habit of judging the merit of your decisions based on their outcome like <laughs> it was a good decision but it failed so was it a bad decision or was it just a bad situation bad, and understanding bad, like, yeah. that you can't base future decisions off of the outcome sure. of previous ones, right? It's like, this was a good idea. We just didn't do it well enough or fast enough yeah. or hard enough or whatever. Let's do it again. Or unless it's, you have a, enough of a data set to like conclusively say. But that's how you yeah, get the data yeah, set, yeah. but that's not a decision. That yeah. becomes a, you know, a simulation yeah, or exactly. a, you know, uh, um, what they call it, a, a case study, right? Yeah, yeah. That's where that is. But exactly. the decision to yeah. do it was right. Like yeah. the decision is I'm going to do this experiment. The hypothesis is if I do this, I'll get this. Right. And you consistently prove the hypothesis wrong, but this, the decision to do it is still right. Like, yeah. your cancer, end world hunger, all of the great kumbaya roles of stuff, or take one piece of item of clothing that would have ended up in a landfill and make it a consistently renewable source of passive income for somebody. Which, that's the other part. You're giving people an opportunity to take all the money that they spent to be in the know, in the now, first with it, and make passive income off of what was sitting in their closet. Yep. That is probably the third service that you guys are offering that's just obvious, but just under the skin. Like, you know, yeah. you have the, the social uh, responsibility part of it, of taking things out of, you know, the loop of wastefulness. You have the fact that people are creating a community, which is that opportunity, which also builds self-confidence and also meaningful business and personal connection. But then you also have this part of, oh, and by the way, people are lending and borrowing this like Blockbuster. You're still paying for this thing. Yeah, exactly. Unlike Blockbuster, you're not going to close all of your stores in one year. (laughs) All right, Pete, too soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's this idea that like, oh, extra cash for stuff that is literally just sitting there. And, literally just sitting there. And that's usually how a lot of times when we you know approach people who are just hearing about the idea, it's like, look, you have one or two things that you know is just chilling in your closet. You're like, oh, it's still pretty cool, whatever like that. And I'd be interested in making like some extra money in the, in the month. It's like, oh, if you lend that out and you get to pay your like internet bill, sweet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what skin is off your back? Like, the idea we come to your door, pick it up. Yeah. Someone wears it. It comes back. It's clean. You put it back. You've just paid your cell phone. It's like, absolutely. It's kind of a like that. Like, yeah. hey, you know, you have a shirt that's sitting in your closet that could pay your Netflix, and another one that could pay, you know, your movie pass, and another one that could pay for gas for this week. Yeah. Or if you're struggling, you know, it'll pay for 
go fish for one yeah, so night. Hustle it, yeah. So try yeah, to see absolutely. how much you can make from it. Yeah. Become a little mini boutique. Yeah. That's what we used to say too. Is like, look, like Airbnb made your apartment uh, a hotel. Uber took your car and made it a taxi. What we can do to your closet with apparel is make it a mini boutique. So if you have, you're a young stylist or an up and coming designer or something like that, or you just are the guy who's got the freshest clothes, look at, make it a place where you can express yourself. Make it a platform to be able to generate extra extra cash. And your ego gets stroked because you're like, my closet is so dope that I don't even have to wear all of it. Wear it every single chain at once in the house. Shout out to Drake. Exactly. (laughs) Who did not sponsor any of this, but you know. Um, and that's, that's the other thing we kind of say is like, look, when you get to feel like you're wearing something you feel comfortable in or you feel confident in, how that does something for your life. But at the same time, when you're at some place and someone comes up and like, man, Jason, I love those pants. Or man, your style. And then you know it's a genuine compliment. Of course, in LA, we have the fucking mask on that we go like, yeah, cool, thanks. But inside, we're like, oh, man. like we, We're like, that's cool. We feel good. Yeah, and whether it's like to just have the ego stroked or that you genuinely like people are feeling you for your expression, that's a cool thing to also be able to like help put into the world. So yeah. not getting too kumbaya about it, but that those are part of the, the fabrics of what apparel is about is like, that's worth time. It's worth us, you know, doing what we're doing to slave and hustle and work 90 hours a week to get it going. It's like, it's worth that because not only the person who gets to lend out their clothes is getting the ego stroke, yeah. the person walking into the whatever important moment of their life. Right, word, yeah. And then money's getting changed. It's that win-win-win for everybody. Yeah. And if business isn't trying to think of that, I think you're doing a disservice by not trying to implement that in your core ideology. And like to us, it's like naturally fits with apparel. Like everyone should win when they play with this. And to do it and have people who are like good humans, like offering that to them, allowing them to have a extra benefit in their life, it's like, come on, why not? So. I get, John always like laughs at me, but this idea is like, I feel, I want it now. I want everyone to be experiencing it now, but it's like, we gotta wait. You gotta keep pushing. You gotta build it up. Yeah. yeah. It's like building the arc so that you can accommodate for everything that you wanna put on it, mm-hmm. like for real. And that's, that's commendable. And it's also terrifying as shit. <laughs> I remember we would go to these early like business entrepreneur things and someone asked like, what do you, what keeps you up at night? What, what's a problem? Yes. And I would, and I would be literally so dumb. I was like, I'm fine. Like, I'd literally be not cool, but now it's this idea of, like, I, I have nights and mornings where I wake up with just anxiety of, like, the enormity, the, like... Or, like, did I get to that email, like, that I was supposed to send? And I, like, <laughs> it, it could be as small as that, or, like... Is anyone going to, re- like, actually use yeah, yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Like, does anyone e- really effing care? Um, and also... I have a real life that I'm living too. Yeah, yeah, damn, yeah. Jason invited me to lunch and I totally forgot it and I'm about to send him a six page text yeah. message and also I can't send him that until I send this invoice and, and Yep, and, yep, yep, and, yep. Bruh, and that's I think that's the real part about it. I think that there's um there's there's liberation to creative minds finding out that it's not supposed to be perfect. Yeah. That it's messy, it's mm-hmm. it's not gonna always look like we're not even going to go to the social media thing. It's not even always going to look like the way that the backstory looks like in the Hollywood retelling of it. Like, it's yeah. like a grainy documentary Blair Witch Project. Like, you're standing in the For corner, sure. yeah. like, mm-hmm. nose to it, like, everybody else is screaming, and you're like, this is fine. Like, <laughs> like everything's fine, like the dog yeah. and the fire. But it's also interesting because um, that saying of, um, if it's perfect, it means you waited too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you can hear other people talking about like yo here's what it's actually like to build something yeah it's amazing but it's also again liberating it's like if best example i can give is um 
the very first time that I went to an actual yoga class oh. indoors. <laughs> After seeing, you know, people doing yoga and commercials and stuff like that, and you're in there, what made me feel comfortable was all of the sounds of discomfort around me. It was people like, <clears throat> and you don't see that in a commercial. You you can see somebody's facial strain, but you don't hear the groaning and the, you know, muscle stretching and bones popping and like, and then also people collapsing and releasing, <laughs> collapsing into a puddle of whatever. And that's literally what you guys do every day when you finish something. It's like you collapse from the enormity of, man, we finally did it. You collapse from the disbelief of, I can't believe we just had that meeting. Is this really about to happen? Yeah. Holy shit. And also from the, how many emails do we have to respond to? And, oh, and also you're both in full-time relationships. Like, and that takes That's understanding <laughs> on all sides. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's something we talk about because you as an entrepreneur, like a startup, you, you then start seeing every minute of your day like all the time as like, that's your resource. You might not have $100 million in series, you know, D funding, but you have, what yeah. is it, eight, 87,000 some odd seconds or some whatever it is. Those are yours to spend however you want. And to be able to then start learning how to manage that when you wake up to how you're eating so that you can consistently be on a certain level of thought or to have a certain level of yeah. energy. If you're going to another meeting, can you be uh, present and not like uh, every opportunity you need to win at? So like learning that everything in your life, it's not that you need to get more time, you need to better manage your time. So if it's Yo, a relationship. That's so real. <laughs> so like Seth Godin had a quote that kicked me in my chest when I read it. It was, you don't need more time in the day. You need to decide. <laughs> That's yeah. All right. There's only one person that you gotta like do some soul searching when you hear something like that, looking in the mirror. Yeah. It's like, but that's real though. Like, mm -hmm. you just have to decide. And you guys made a decision that I think is going to help other people decide how to live their lives. And I think Oops. that's that's pretty fucking special. It feels cool. I and mean, then, like, to be able to, like, I know for myself, I think John, I can speak for you in a little bit of this, is to go through a lot of your life where you don't feel like you can really give into something. Like, you got, oh, I'm going to do this movie or I'm going to work at this job. But you're giving like 60% of yourself or maybe you're giving 70. But to be able to feel like you have something of actual worth that you can go, like, I'm going to put 100, every ounce, 100% of myself in this, it feels good to be like, this is. This is worth putting your life into. And yeah. whether it's, they always say, for the next like five to ten years, this seems like there's nothing better for us to be doing right now. Yeah. It's like, do it. And if we can do it, it not only gets to create something cool, but like we're saying, hopefully really genuinely helps people make something, this little bubble of the world, a little bit better. And that's like, that's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, let's go apparel. How do you feel about getting up and pushing through everything like how what keeps you going after you're dead tired from because like yeah, you guys are still like doing <laughs> the most like you're still doing what you need to do and working different ways to make sure that you're sustaining yourselves as well as doing this like yeah I mean is what Nick was saying of course like there's the feel good part of it but like what's the fulfillment that you get from like I just did an event until 2am and I'm going to get up at 6am and make calls and make emails what pushes you well for sure, we actually were just talking about this a little bit at lunch with, with Rich, but it's it's the purpose with with which I can live my life. I'm not any not making any more money or richer than I have ever been, but like every cost I incur, everything I pay 
comes with like a purpose and I don't have to like regret anything I spend because I know it's towards like a greater good or, yeah. or uh, towards like the building of you know what we're trying to make here and uh, it's just I mean I don't know it's just a, a mindset that I'm living my life with that that everything is coming with a purpose and, and makes sense it's yeah. all like yeah I can't wait till I'm not working a side job believe you me that'll be yeah. that'll be great and that'll be a, a load off my mind but like and you'll probably be a little more handsome too <laughs> oh snap <laughs> you're lucky there's a lucky there's a podcast yeah. face for podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no like yeah. but seriously though it's just like I mean everyone wears their stress differently some people wear their stress with a smile so that people don't ask them what's wrong yeah some people wear their stress under their eyes and it looks like holy crap and some people wear their stress inside of their bodies right you guys seem to have applied your stress into just reinvigorating yourself every single day like so if you're closing the loop on your own energy imagine what you're closing the loop on yeah with your company yeah that's an interesting, interesting yeah. thought. Yeah. yeah, I think I think living with it may purpose. Not feel like that. No, 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 doesn't. Like last night, just being like, oh my god, this proposal, like, makes me anxious. And like, learning when you are so around your wants and your dreams and these things that you are excited to do, and then knowing that failure is just always is attached to almost everything. Yeah. And to live with that anxiety of like, uh, uh-uh. and to know that that didn't maybe get done the way you needed to do, and then wake up, it's just like. It doesn't feel like that, but you talk to people, you get other people who get excited about the idea, and it's living off that creation, and they're like, wow, we just got to like find more new clothes, and that guy just gave us an idea. That is literally, I think, what keeps you kind of going, this thing that is like now taking on a life of its own, and getting, you're like getting presented to really new, interesting humans. It's like, all right, let's do it, and a life with purpose is way more cool. Yeah. It really is. It's just like, oh, sweet. Yeah, I know exactly where to spend this money because this will help the future this. Thanks to John Engel, Nick Clark, and Apparel for today's episode. This podcast is presented weekly by The Vanishing Gallery. Until next time, keep exploring the middle and what lies within.